I'm your hostess, Shelby Martin, from Sarasota, Florida. I'm a fourth-year student at the University of Florida studying public relations with a minor in agricultural communications. Streaming Science is a student-driven multimedia science literacy program, connecting you to scientists and scientific concepts to enrich your everyday life. You're listening to our Science of Superstorms playlist. Superstorms are complex with multiple scientific and social layers. In this podcast, I'm investigating how storms impact farms. I chose this topic because many farmers and ranchers have to go to great lengths to prepare for a superstorm and usually don't have much time. This episode will give you a glance from a professional on how to prepare and recover from a natural disaster. I spoke with Brandy Phillips, the Animal Technical Rescue Branch Director for the University of Florida Veterinary Emergency Treatment Service in relation to superstorms and hurricanes. Listen to the interview to learn more about the effect of hurricanes on farms, how families and farms can prepare for a superstorm, and how they can recover from one. everyone, my name is Shelby and today with me I have Brandy Phillips with Veterinary Emergency Treatment Service. Brandy, would you like to tell us a little bit about your job and your background and how you got to where you are today? Absolutely. I am currently our Animal Technical Rescue Branch Director. Our team is two-folded. We do Animal Technical Rescue and Disaster Response. So on the Disaster Response, I mostly function as our Public Information Officer. I got involved in this back when I was pursuing my master's degree in agricultural education and had the opportunity to help them develop the curriculum for the animal technical rescue training program and having a a back interest in veterinary medicine and animal rescue and disaster response um, this was particularly interesting to me and so I latched on and the rest is history. So what is kind of an average day like at work for you? The best part about this job is that there is no average day. I'm constantly doing new and different things, meeting new and different people. Um, and interacting with a lot of different folks in a lot of different spaces. I go throughout the state of Florida and and actually nationally occasionally to interact with other folks involved in technical rescue and disaster response, um, learning from some great folks that have been doing it for a long time and helping to uh, expand the knowledge toolboxes of others, particularly as they relate to animal disaster response and, and rescue emergencies. So. Rarely am I in an office setting. I'm often out in the field wearing BDUs and a bright orange shirt um, and promoting these ideas. That's awesome. So what has your experience been with hurricanes, um, more specifically maybe Hurricane Irma and if you were involved with any recovery with Hurricane Michael? Absolutely. So Hurricane Irma, we our team did divide and we were responsive in a couple of different assets. Um, we had a team that went down to Key West and provided mass-style veterinary treatment care for mostly pets down in the Florida Keys um, from folks who either had opted to stay out the storm or as they came back realized that they didn't have as much to come back to as they'd hoped Um, and while the veterinary infrastructure was down we were able to provide emergency medical treatment for their animals. We also had a team that stayed up in north central Florida and they were able to respond to a floodwater situation where an owner had five horses on a property that experienced significant floodwater and swift water. And that was a several day response with a lot of different agencies that our team took the lead on assisting getting those horses moved off the property. 
You mentioned agencies. What are some other like organizations or groups that you work with when you're working on recovering? Absolutely. We respond with a lot of different agencies and we're constantly working with, with other folks and individuals. One that we work with very regularly is the um, State Animal Response Coalition here in Florida. Um, they're a fantastic team and they provide pet sheltering in emergency situations. So very often we work in tandem with them. Um, they're providing the sheltering and we're providing the medical treatment for animals. Uh, we also work with local fire departments, we work with local law enforcement, we work with the National Guard as we did with the um, horse rescue and Hurricane Irma response. So it really varies and it just depends on the circumstance, but very rarely do we work alone. How are some ways that you help people and and their communities prepare for a hurricane and even recover after the fact? So a lot of our hurricane um, assistance is more on the recovery side versus the preparedness side. From a preparedness aspect, what we do is our animal technical rescue training and we help folks um, understand and recognize some of the risks and how to mitigate those risks in dealing with different types of emergency responses that typically relate to livestock. So um, managing floodwater situations, managing overturned trailers, those types of things so that they can perform those tasks safely as they come up. And very frequently that does happen um, during the course of a hurricane. So we do that um, and in addition we use social media to kind of outreach and connect folks with um, valuable resources in their community to help them better prepare for these things developing evacuation plans, um, making sure that they have the supplies and the resources that they need, making sure that they know what resources to turn to when they do have a need for help during these disasters. What are a few examples of those resources that you're mentioning? One of the biggest ones um, is that folks need to connect in with their local emergency management to understand better what resources are available right there in their home community. Um, our team does not typically self-deploy. We can be requested by official agencies to respond to things, um, but very often folks don't even necessarily have the best idea of what is available directly in their home community. So your first step should be um, calling your local emergency management to figure out what resources are available to inform them of the needs that you have, and then from there they can do the work to figure out how to best allocate resources to get you the help that you need. What was the level of impact you saw across all aspects of Florida agriculture from hurricanes, or maybe more specifically with animals? Absolutely. It's amazing how much can be impacted by a single hurricane and how many aspects of animal agriculture can be impacted. Um, this past year with Hurricane Michael, we saw um, significant damage to uh, fencing for beef cattle up in the panhandle, um, and there was a lot of concern about how to keep beef cattle on property and, and manage the, the fencing situation as all of the trees came down. Several dairies were also impacted very negatively as a result of that storm, um, structural collapse and things like that. We also had logistic issues getting water and feed um, accessible to those animals in those areas um, with roadways down and things like that. Those resources become pinched very quickly. And we also found with Hurricane Michael, actually the local bee populations were very heavily impacted. Hmm. And I think that's something that a lot of people take for granted, um, but we all know the, the importance of honeybees and, and the role that they play. And with the loss of all of the flowers and leaves from the trees, um, the bee population was really at risk. And so 
we ended up having a lot of apiaries calling out for help and requesting resources to be able to get syrup brought in to take care of the bees in the aftermath of the hurricane. So truly the scope of, of these disasters impacts everything from the largest animals to the smallest animals. I didn't even think about that. Like whenever I think of the impact that Hurricane Michael at least had on agriculture, the first thing I think of is the timber industry. And I yes. don't even realize that even bees were affected by um, the hurricane. Absolutely. That didn't even cross my mind. It's amazing the magnitude of devastation that we experienced with Hurricane Michael mm -hmm. and it impacts so many different aspects of agriculture. Did you have a similar experience with Irma? It's really, it's, it's unique. Um, each hurricane functions a little bit differently. With Hurricane Irma and Hurricane Michael, we sort of, um, we had similar but different issues. And so Irma came the whole way up the state of Florida and so its impact was heavily concentrated down at the lower end of the state and it, it slowed itself down as it came up through the state. Um, so a lot of South Florida had impacts but um, in different ways. Irma was much more of a, a flooding kind of a storm with a lot of flood damage and things of that nature. Um, with Michael there was a lot of wind damage and that was you know primarily the issue for the animal agricultural side of things. Um, so with all of that wind damage comes structural damage to barns, um, fencing, all of those types of issues, plus then the issue of getting resources to where they need to go. And that can happen with any storm, truly. Um, being able to have accessible roadways to move in supplies and materials to be able to start that recovery process. Mm -hmm. So in, in that aspect, the two were very similar. but. I don't think that we saw as much of the honeybee issue with Hurricane Irma as we did with Michael. So it's just variable based on um, geographically where it hits and, and what's most impacted and the way that the storm hits. From your experiences with hurricane and disaster relief recovery, what are some lessons you may have learned that have shaped how you will handle recovery efforts in the future? Communications is always a, an issue because um, depending on where you go in a disaster, reliable internet access, reliable cell phones, um, you don't have that kind of access. So we do have satellite phones and we use radios to communicate between our team members, um, but that communication piece always has room for improvement and we're constantly looking for ways to improve our communications and have better access. Even going so far as um, thinking about things like maps and um, using GPS to get to different locations. You've constantly got to be working on how you're going to communicate with not just your team but with the other agencies that you're working with and the other agencies in the area um, and how you're getting access to these places. GPS isn't always reliable in these circumstances. Roadways change um, as a result of the storm and so we're constantly having to adapt to those types of things. The biggest thing really is having the flexibility. Um, you can't compare any different deployment to another and they're all very unique in their own ways and they come with their own unique challenges so just when we think we've learned something um, and we've improved it now we have a new curveball thrown at us and we've got to work through that as a team to figure out the best way to manage that so we're constantly learning and growing as we go through these types of events. What are some tips that you have for listeners that may have been impacted by a hurricane or like maybe Hurricane Michael um, for them recovering at home or maybe for preparing for future hurricanes? Definitely from a preparedness standpoint, having a plan is going to save you so much on the back end. Um, the better prepared you are, the less 
painful that recovery process is going to be. Um, if you have an opportunity to be able to evacuate your animals, if you have a, a small-scale farm with just a couple of horses or some cattle and you have the ability to move them off property in advance of these storms, that's your best option every time. Um, so having good evacuation plans, making sure that you have um, Coggins up to date and vaccine records and all of your paperwork is easily accessible, making sure that you've got that good solid plan in place. If you can leave, leaving is your best option. If you have to stay, you need to think then about how you're going to identify your animals, making sure that you have photographs, uh, making sure that you have marked your animals, um, don't leave animals inside of barns. Obviously, if you can avoid it during these storms, they fare much better out in pastures and paddocks. Um, but doing the best that you can to avoid keeping your animals in these situations is, is your best option. And then following the storm, if you weren't able to leave and you had to keep everybody on property, making sure that you did prepare enough in terms of water and food supplies and things of that nature. You're able to keep your animals up in high and dry ground and avoid flood water situations. And knowing when to call and ask for help. Um, flood water in particular is what we think of with hurricanes as being a, an extreme hazard. Um, and there are a lot of nasty chemicals and biological agents that are floating around in that water. So as much as you can avoid being in that circumstance yourself, the better off you'll be. Um, I don't know, is there anything else that you feel you want to share, any knowledge you want to, I don't know, pass on or just hmm. educate our listeners a little bit more? Preparedness is key. Know what resources are available in your community. Know what your plan is going to be if a disaster strikes. Um, if you anticipate that there could be some kind of an, a technical emergency, think about what resources you might call on in your community. Um, it's a good idea to have some of these conversations too with other members of your community. Talk to your local emergency management department to find out what their plan is and ask them for tips for how you can better prepare yourself. The more that we communicate with one another and the more that we know what everybody else's plans for preparedness are, the better off we will all be during these types of events. Thank you so much for being a part of this podcast and taking the time to talk to me today about hurricane preparedness and recovery. Absolutely. Thank you so much for inviting me. Thank you for tuning in today. I hope you enjoyed listening to our guest and learning the impact of superstorms on farms, how to prepare for a hurricane, and some tips on how to recover during the next hurricane season. Again, I'm your hostess, Shelby Martin. Stay tuned for more tracks from our Science of Superstorm series on StreamingScience.com and connect with us on social media through Facebook and Twitter. Thanks for listening.